Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. So, welcome back uh, to the extended discussion for episode one, Sex Education. If you would like a spoiler-free evaluation, check your podcast app or our website for the mini-sode on Sex Education. It came out a couple days ago. This is Drew. I'm the pragmatic and bleeding heart cyclops of this podcast. I'm Jimbo, the anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. I'm Liz, mother of a single cat, the spark plug, keeper of hot takes. And I'm the magically undefeated Miss Mo, master of spoilers and lover of Nobos. And this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. And we'd like to thank today's sponsor, Public Libraries, for the ad-free listening. And here's another fuck you to contact us to sponsor a show or to slander a rival. You know, it's, it's really up to you. We'll do either for money or if you just say something nice to us. And if you enjoyed today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads and create sob stories as to why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt by leaving us an iTunes review or rating. That's right. iTunes, get on there. Rate us. Review us. If you have already done your iTunes review or rating, tell someone else about our podcast. All right, Jimbo, can you hit us with that two-sentence summary? We, we don't even know what this show's about. Everyone in school is banging except for Otis, who can't whack off. His lit partner, Adam, can't come. Will Otis and Adam get their sex education? Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. That's, those are some real problems. <laughs> so welcome now to part two. This is our filmic analysis and interpretation. The spoilers will flow like wine and Mo will frolic. Um, we're going to talk about the show and some themes within it. And the very first thing we'll talk about is the Crab Man Award. So Mo, tell us about the Crab Man Award. The crab man, crab ex, crab mom, crab all things. <laughs> yeah, crab bureaucrat. Is bureaucrat a gender? It's a designation. Jimbo gets was an real alien. picky with who could be a crab. Crab winner. <laughs> Except for robots and toys. <laughs> but yeah, I guess bureaucrats. <laughs> Get in there, Mo. Keep going. Oh. Push through it. <laughs> a, a crab award goes to a character within the, the pilot episode that is Plays a small role, but has really large contributions and carries the plot. They're quiet, but they're there. I thought this was crabless, so I want to hear what y'all oh. have to say. Okay. I may, I may be leaning with Mo. I think <gasps> if I if I was going to give one out, I think I'll give it to Oedipus Rex, the first the first guy that, <laughs> that mom brings home. <laughs> oh, gross. Otis's mom, who's got it going on. She's all we want. And we've waited for so long. <laughs> So I disagree, and here's the thing. I think that there is a crab award, but this is a crab patient. So I really like that couple that come in and have to see Scully, and then, like, they get described in the voiceover as, like, the dad or, like, the husband, like, loving the strap. And then when they're in the little session, Scully is like, tell me how you feel about your penis. And she's like, I don't hate it <laughs> so i think that kind of like you know it shows us that scully's a good sex therapist you know she's an open communicator you know she's good at her job she's tackling these issues she's trying to help these people so i think it adds a valuable part to the pilot i also think it's a really really funny line and so that's a that's a crab patient right there very forget forgettable scene i don't even remember what you're talking about i remember 
Mo remembers it. Okay. That's that's three quarters of the, <laughs> of the pod. Mine was the swing club. The gay best friend, like, on his French horn. Ooh, I like that one. <laughs> oh, Tries to do the, like, school anthem or whatever. Does terribly. Right. The headmaster says it's adequate, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. Yeah, right. And then he sits down and he goes, I was just trying to impress the, the swing club. And then they hand him a note that just says, your shit, the swing club. <laughs> and it's like... These loser ass looking dudes, but like clearly they're his heroes, and he's just literally and they literally all were flipping him off, and it's great. Yeah, so that was <laughs> yeah. That's that's my crab award. My crab vote is going to the crab swing club. <laughs> Ooh, Mo, where are you at? Come on, Mo. Those kids were awesome. Yeah, they were great, and that scene was really great. Yeah, I'm gonna side with with Liz on this one. I can get that way. <laughs> all right, Liz is making crab motions. <laughs> All right, so go ahead. You can announce it, Liz, by unanimous decision. By unanimous decision. I think this might be the first one I've won. Um, the Crab Man Award goes to the Swing Club. All right, so we're going to move into the most valuable part of the pilot. It could be anything on screen, off screen. Drew, start us off. Oh, this one's easy. It's Jillian Anderson. It's Scully. She is. She's hilarious the entire show. I didn't know she was this funny. Um, and the reason she's funny is she just totally commits, you know, she is like the sex therapist mom, you know, and like, I, we can come back to it in a dangling thread or literary analysis. I do think she's a good parent. Cause like the reason I think she's a good parent and this might've been my favorite scene from the show is when like Otis comes out and he's like, I can't masturbate, but I'm going to figure it out. I don't want to talk about it with you. And she's like, Thank you for telling me. That's all she wanted. You know, she just wants to have open communication with her son because she's a good mom and she seems like a single parent. So I think that's an important relationship. And I just thought she was fucking hilarious. And the way that she also like turns it around on the bully and embarrasses the fuck out of him when they're smoking a joint was fucking awesome. Yeah, she really just like slayed him and he was not expecting that. I don't even think she meant to slay him, but he just like. Oh, I think she did. You think she, you think she did? You think she could tell he was a bully? I think she could tell that her son wasn't happy with him. I think she's a really good mom. I don't know. I think she could tell his facial expressions when she started talking about the bad effects of drugs. I think that bully's an idiot. I don't think he's hard to read. No, I mean, she's like not. an adult no, I think and she she's read a therapist. Him well, but I don't think she smart. knew he was a bully. Like, like considering the way he took Otis's advice, he's not the brightest crayon in the toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> um. My, I, I, I also agree that Jillian Anderson was top notch, but I, I also, as I said, um, previously in kind of our mini sewed, uh, I loved Moff. I, I, I love that character so much. I think she's really creative because when I first saw her, I was like, ugh, I've seen this before. But then when I realized like she's doing papers for money, she's like a businesswoman. She, is like best friends with the popular girl and she's you know shooting the shit with her like it, it just it gave her a lot of dimensions and i really appreciated that and i think the actress did really well and i just think any strong female character who fixes grammar is automatically gonna be my favorite person as someone who edits for a living so there's that <laughs> yeah she was pretty great and i love her hair i, w- I wish i worked in an office that i could have that hair <laughs> Jimbo, how about you? 
You know, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the writer and creator of the story of the story, just because I like all the characters as, as I mentioned, and I think the show was funny and I like the themes. So I'm going to give it to her. Her name is Lori Nunn. Oh, I don't know. That's my question, Jimbo, because you usually do the most background research on like the gender and the makeup of like the production team. So it was a, you know what? There's not a whole lot, a whole lot of people getting, getting their names for the producer rights, but yeah. So you have a female writer and creator and then a male director for the first few episodes at least. And then I think the executive producers were both males as well. One one's name was Jamie, so I'm not sure if that was a man, woman, Jamie. But I think having a, a female writer kind of shows in a lot of way. Having a male director shows as well, um, especially in some of the sex scenes, which that's understandable. Whatever male gaze, but I, I think it definitely it, you can kind of tell if this is a female writer. Like that makes sense to me, especially in the way that Jillian Anderson's character is written. Yeah, the writing was really well done. Because I think Jillian Anderson's character could very easily fall into, like, the tropes we were talking about earlier, like, cool mom, um, kind of almost the ones that are made fun of in Mean Girls. And I also think that her character is very empathetic to not only her clients, but her son. And and I think that that is a well-written and well-acted attribute she has. I think it's a really positive portrayal of, like, a mental health professional, too. It's particularly a sex therapist because I often think that there's, you know, there's kind of a weird stigma on mental health, let alone sex therapy. So which uh, sex therapy, couples therapy, anything like that, depending on the relationship, could be beneficial to somebody. So anything that kind of stigmatizes that within media is important. All right, Mo, hide in the back. Um, I mean, you kind of like took all of mine. That's three. You should only have one. I mean, I don't have any <laughs> listed there, so. <laughs> it's Mo style, though. If there was if there was any notes on, like, the show notes, I'd be like, Mo, are you okay? Oh, I, I really liked the, the gay best friend, too. I thought he was really fun and great. Interestingly enough, he is the oldest member of the cast when I looked up all their ages. He's 27. And the cool kids that he was obsessed with were, like, diverse-ish. So I appreciated that. I thought it was cool that, like, there was a dynamic that there wasn't just one gay kid, but there were, like, there was a very popular gay kid, and then the not popular gay kid just continually got dissed by him. He was so cute. His little, his outfits were on point, though. Eric's outfits. Wait, wait, popular gay kid or best friend gay kid? Best friend with the French horn. (laughs) I loved popular gay kid style. It was, like, he was wearing these, like, sport jackets with, like, the sleeves rolled up. It was, like, 1980s, like, Miami Vice. It was awesome. Yes. I actually thought that this was the 1980s when I first was, like, watching the show. I was very confused what year it was. (laughs) And then I remember that this was Britain and, like, they still sometimes wear 1980s clothes. I had briefly skimmed a couple reviews and one of the reviews from someone that didn't like this pilot was like, this show doesn't know what decade it's in. That's just British fashion though. Like that's legitimately the United. Yeah. I I mean, I don't think that like that was a valid um, criticism, but I (laughs) know I love the fashion and the art and a lot of like the not problematic things of the eighties. And I know that there's like so much terrible shit that happened, but like, I really love some shitty eighties music. Take on me. So good. Take me on Mo. Uh, so now we're going to move on to a literary analysis of pilot plot and characters. We've kind of treaded in here a little bit. We might not get to all these, but who wants to jump things off? It's 
slash dangling thread slash literary analysis, but of a show that talks so heavily about sexuality and never talks about asexuality, which is a thing and is normal. Like, it is normal to not really be interested in sex, and that could very well be what's happening to Otis. Um, But it's just interesting to me at no point in time is his mom like, it's okay if that's not what you want to do. Like, it's okay if you don't like that. I don't think he gives her a chance to have that conversation. I think that maybe that's the beginning of that conversation at the end of the show. It's possible. And we just might not be there yet, which is why I'm like, it could be a dangling thread. But I do think it's interesting that like, so far, you know, we've seen in the first episode, we saw basically a lesbian relationship. We saw two gay men, mind you, they weren't together, but we did see two gay men. We saw you know, multiple heterosexual relationships. Um, We saw, you know, relationships with an older man, younger woman, but we never saw any aspect of asexuality. So I just think that's something interesting that I don't know will be discussed or if maybe that's what, you know, Otis will eventually identify as. I don't know, but it's just kind of something that like struck me when I was watching it. Because literally the first moments when he was like having trouble masturbating, I was like, oh, you're probably asexual. (laughs) I, I think you could argue that we are seeing it with Otis, but yes, it's not talked about at all. Yeah, it's not labeled quite yet. But I think you're right, like when Drew brought up that the mom's like allowing those boundaries to exist for now because it's helping her son maybe figure it out on his own without her stepping in. But she might her wheels might already be turning. That actually makes me want to watch the show more to like kind of see if Otis does have like an asexual journey. I'm not super happy that they're kind of setting mauve up as like a possible romantic interest i would like to show more if otis does kind of grapple with possibly i guess being asexual throughout the first season as opposed to like if mauve and otis end up together i'll be like that's dumb it might i would it, too. i feel like it might be going that way i think he just can't masturbate because his mom's like screaming and moaning like through the walls <sighs> and it's like who wants to like who that. wants to beat off listening to their mom have sex yeah, I, I, I would argue that's at least one ding against her <laughs> being a great parent. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe put you don't like want enough sex? a couple rooms in between you and your son. It looked like a big enough house where she could it like It doesn't go to the look basement. like a big enough house. It looks like there's a main area with a kitchen and a deck. It looks like her office is either part of the main area or like it's below. And then it looks like all the living space is on the top floor with a shared bathroom. So I think it's not a very big house. When they always think his bedroom is the bathroom. That's dumb. But, I mean, yeah, it's a running joke. But there's no question. He's listening to his mom have sex. Yes. Headphones are free. It, well, they're, okay, they're not free, but they're, they're inexpensive. Not, they're they're definitely inexpensive. not free. I don't know any place that gives they're, them out for free. They're inexpensive. <laughs> the headphones to, headphones are inexpensive. Remember the good headphones old days when airplanes used to give you headphones for free? Yes, they did. And they, were, they always had those two prongs. It's just like copper wrapped in plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, headphones are not free. Headphones are inexpensive. <laughs> and his mom's a doctor. He can, his family can afford headphones, but. But anyway, back to Liz's point, because it, it is a good one. That they don't fully explore all ranges of sexuality, even though they seem like they're intentionally trying to do that. But it is just the pilot. So kind of like how I'm hoping they're going to use this as a platform to deliver actual sex education. <laughs> I'm going out on a limb and saying that they're going to hopefully be representative of all kind of gender or sexual identities hopefully and and to kind of get back to the show eric is the one that gives us the most exposition about sex and eric is a young man that doesn't probably know that much about sex and he straight up says like everyone is having sex obviously he's 
he's wrong. But I mean, like, so that's like the frame around the show too. Like everyone but Eric, but uh, Otis is having right. sex. Everyone had sex this summer in particular. I mean, Eric gave two and a half hand jobs. <laughs> <That's my favorite. laughs> I feel like Eric's the kind of person who believes Netflix's internal numbers. <laughs> yes, for sure, dude. <laughs> okay, I'm pr- I'm pretty good on that one. That's a good point, Liz. That was fun to talk about. Oh, Jimbo, can we talk about? yours yeah so so i i liked adam's character a lot (laughs) is he the bully (laughs) yes and the way that he's juxtaposed against otis so you have otis's mom is a sex therapist and otis is a pretty good kid adam's father is the principal of the school and and adam is like a complete screw-up and so like I, i i think that's kind of interesting too that you have like the person that's mom's a therapist we would maybe stereotype as going to be more awkward and weird and maybe otis is a bit awkward and weird but like adam's just like your cliche like worst kid in school and he should be the best kid in school because the person that is in charge of the school is his father his father came off a little bit abusive to me in that scene i mean i think they were alluding to the fact that his dad is just really like hyper strict and doesn't really allow him to where i made it made us sympathize with adam's character a little bit when you saw how stern and restricted he was but it was odd, though, because that was the part that didn't jive with me, because, like, the very first scene of the show is, like, very graphic sex noises, things above them, and, like, the parents downstairs being oblivious, which kind of coincided with, like, Adam being an asshole at school and his dad being unaware. So that didn't jive with me. When he got home five minutes late and he had to turn on his phone, it did make him seem, like, way more attentive, you know? Because it, it almost made me think of, like, almost like the, the kind of, like, Draco Malfoy character who's like, my father will hear of this. And, like, dad makes sure that kid gets away with everything and anything. And, like, but it, that actually wasn't really what's going on. I actually really hated Adam at the beginning. I ended up really liking him. And then at the end, I was like, I I guess we'll just do another character arc <laughs> later. Probably because the, this felt like a movie and we felt like we went through a whole character arc. And then I remember that this is a show and we only just started <laughs> our arcs. So, <laughs> you know, like his like little spill when he, you know, he takes way too much Viagra and he <laughs> and he can't not get a boner. But he's just like, he says, I just want to be a normal kid with a normal dick and a normal dad. I thought that's just so funny. Like, yeah. like, like he's got all these problems. His problems are like the best problems to have if you're a high schooler. <laughs> oh. There's nobody's issues makes your issues you know, less valid, but at the same time, holy privilege, Batman. Like, <laughs> your life is so fine in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I thought it was another good example of, like, Jillian Anderson being a good mom. Because, like, even though she is, like, banging, like, a room away, she's very connected with her son, and she's a really good communication loop with him. Whereas it seems like Adam has a really shitty communication style with his parents, you know, and, like, they don't know what's going on with him. Like, the dad doesn't know he's, like, the school bully, even though he's the freaking headmaster. And then when the dad does have to punish him for, like, this this is our first pilot that's, like, hung some dong, you know? And not only did it hang dong, it, like, had a dong cam. Yeah, respect for that, man. Yeah, we can talk about that in Dangling Threads. <laughs> or here. Dangle. But, um, <laughs> nice. And smell. it was a nice, uncircumcised <laughs> European penis, dude. You just gotta love that. It was. <laughs> So I don't know. I mean, the dad, the headmaster doesn't handle it very well in his office. 
He's just like, this is how much you fucked up. You're lucky I'm taking care of this. Where's the lesson? The only lesson he learns is he can get away with that shit. So dad, yeah, dad has his back. Well, yeah. his dad cares about no reputation. There. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He's a bad parent. Jillian Anderson's a good parent. I agree with that. Too much. It was too much dick for me. What? It was one <laughs> It was one dick for like a half a second, dude. Yeah, I kind of respected. Well, I respected how long they stuck with it. They did. They did. It just... We we so rarely see like penis. It's always like boobs, vag, female butt, and butt. And like this one, like I feel like there is more equality. <laughs> I agree. And I yeah. respect. Yeah. yeah. I guess I and it's just funny, dude. He just head. jumped up on the table. He went for <laughs> he it. He took that advice so he poorly. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I'm, he's like, I'm owning my narrative. What was that phrase he used? It was so weird. Remember in Home Improvement when like Tim would get the advice from Al or like not Al, his next door neighbor, like Wilson, and he would just totally misinterpret it. Like this was very much a Home Improvement motion. I don't think it's that far from reality with high schoolers. Oh, that guy would so be kicked out of school immediately. Oh, that part maybe. But you really think somebody would just drop trap? See, I, I don't I don't see that ever happening. Maybe not in the cafeteria on top of a table, like in front of teachers. But yeah, for sure, dude. I guarantee people did stuff like that when I was in high school. I feel like we went to very different schools. They did that like parties, like after outside of the school. Yeah, not in the cafeteria. That's what I'm saying. Like, not like not in the cafeteria, but like I'm saying, it's not that far no, off. Like totally. this stuff happens. I mean, I was really uncool, so I didn't really go to parties. I read books. <laughs> <laughs> I was so cool. <laughs> I went. I went to a party or two, and I do not remember people dropping their pants and having long soliloquies about their place in the world. Their place in the world and their dick. Which, to him, was his place in the world. <laughs> well, Drew, you better check in on some of your students from five years ago and see and see see what they have to say. I can ask them. I can. I'm still Facebook friends with some North Carolina students. And maybe they listen to this podcast, but probably not. All right, should we dangle? Yeah, we can dangle a thread. To the stage... Stormy Daniels dangling threads of interest. Any updates on Stormy? Uh, no, we've been we've been dangling pretty consistently throughout this whole episode. Yeah. So let's maybe wrap up a, a dangling thread or two, and then we can um, get a little closer to the end of the show. So for any new listeners, we are going to step outside of the pilot, hopefully, but more than likely, we'll probably you know peek back in at least once or twice, and we're just going to talk about some themes and topics related to the pilot. Let me ask Mo this, because we kind of alluded to it in literary analysis. Mo, did the fact that we had some hanging dong kind of balance the boobs that you saw in the first scene? Did you feel like this was a more equitable pilot by the end? I mean, I can see that point, and I think that is valid. So yes, short answer, yes. (laughs) And I don't mind nudity. It's just when it's underaged, or it's like supposedly underage. It just made it made me a little bit uncomfortable. That's also why I was uncomfortable. Even though I I knew legally like there's no way that these people like this girl isn't young, but I was like shit. Is she like eighteen or nineteen? Like barely legal. Yeah, I didn't know it was going to be like. I mean, I guess I sh- I should have known by the title, but I thought the opening scene was just a really weird place to start a pilot. And then when I found out that they were in high school, I did hindsight feel uncomfortable for that opening like more so than when i first watched it well there's this weird thing with like british school too where it's like i don't know what the deal is with like their secondary education sometimes you're like 19 or something and you don't go to college but you go to uni or some shit like that this show didn't do that at all but yeah it was definitely weird you know because 
the characters are supposed to be in high school, and that was a pretty graphic sex scene, but I th- I also kind of feel like it was supposed to be, like, bad young people sex. Like, I feel like that was part of what the first scene was doing. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, where, like, they learned sex from porn. <laughs> it served its purpose, I guess. I don't know. Varsity blues and wild things. Like, I just remember growing up and high schoolers were naked, like, in all the movies. Not all the movies, but, you know, like, the movies where people get naked in. I also, just to, to speak lightly on, on British culture, like, British television um, in general is usually not censored, uh, including, like, reality TV, sitcoms, all that stuff. Language and nudity is usually not censored. Um, it's a really interesting dichotomy uh, compared to American television, which is far more violent, but usually censors language and nudity, as opposed to in Europe, they have no censorship on language and nudity and a lot more censorship on violence. And obviously the logic is you're going to grow up to curse and you're going to grow up to have sex, but hopefully you're not going to grow up to shoot somebody in the head, which I kind of agree with. I lived in Ireland for like three months when I studied abroad. And that was something I realized really quickly when like I turned on the television and there was just like penis. And I was like, what's happening? And, And I realized like they just don't censor things. They just don't. So I also wonder if part of this is just like American eyes looking at a British TV show. It probably is. But American television does have a lot of nudity. It just doesn't have a lot of... I can't think of any shows that are high schoolers that are nude. I I can't... I don't know these movies you were talking about, Jimbo, but... Which is why my point is like, to us, it feels uncomfortable. But to them, it's probably just like, well, we've always seen this. And also, I'll say as to what Jimbo was saying of like when we were younger, it seems like there was nudity in all the movies and all the teenage movies. I think there's also like a perspective shift because when we were younger, when you're like 11, 12, 13 in the throes of puberty, you're like, yeah, boobs. Like I get to see some nudity or like I get to see implied sex. And then when you're like in your 30s and yeah, like Jimbo, we do have kids, you know, you're like, it's a very different perspective of, you know, seeing like. High schoolers having sex because now you're just like, ugh, it's gross. Wait until you're 25. Who's the audience? Is this is this supposed to be a high school show? That's a good question. That's a great. In question. In my mind, I just from the trailer and from the title of the show, I thought the audience would be like high schoolers or adolescents. From the opening sex scene, that's what I would have assumed as well. But it seems more mature than that. Yeah, it seems more mature. Like I'm not sure a lot of kids are gonna. It seems like a high school drama that's almost been, like, flipped on its head. So a high school drama that's kind of parading as something more almost. Like, I don't know how to how to eloquently say it. But I, I, I do agree with you, Jimbo, in that this almost feels like a high school drama that's packaged for an older audience. Hopefully high schoolers like it and watch it. This is like Degrassi <laughs> or Skins, even, in a lot of ways for millennials 25 to 40 something an older demographic is what i'm thinking what are you gonna say jimbo yeah but let's uh, you know like yeah I'm, I'm kind of unsure it's never a good sign i i do have this conversation i think i even had this conversation with someone yesterday where i do think there's like an appeal to like the high school experience as being universal because you know you want your show to appeal to as many people as possible so you know, there's a lot of lawyer, cop, doctor shows because there's a decent understanding of that. But those are still niche areas. A lot of people went to high school. 
you know, and a lot of people probably wanted to have sex when they're in high school or a lot of people remember it being awkward. So maybe there's a universal appeal with setting it that makes it appealing to both people who are in high school now and also people who are just older who are like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's just funny and it's not really going to press that premise of like actually educating people about sex, then that'll work. But if it but if it's going to kind of keep a running thing where like maybe we might learn something about sex each episode, then in that case, people in their 30s and 40s don't really need the sex education as much as teenagers. I, I hope that young people watch this and that it's catering to them. What did, but like, what's the most valuable lesson we learned about sex in the first episode? Now, granted, he hasn't he hasn't fully accepted his occupation yet. Genital lice is very contagious. <laughs> but I don't even know if that's necessarily the point as much as like a catchy title. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if so, if it's not really, if it's not really to educate young people about sex, then I think it could just be a show for people in their 30s and 40s, just kind of like think about high school and laugh and. <laughs> how far they've come yeah i think i think there's just some general aspects of it that are sex positive that people in high school could take away from it like there's good communication between adam and that girl even though they do break up you know like they both communicate their needs and they're vocal about it and adam does open up eventually so i mean i think that's like a positive kind of like taking on like misogyny or toxic masculinity issues. Cause like he is more forthcoming and he's willing to listen. So I think Adam has a little lesson that could be pos- like sex positive um, from the pilot. What do you think? Maybe it's for parents who want to learn how to talk about sex to their kids. That's a good one, Mo. And they can learn from Jillian. Scully. Scully. What's her Everybody name on the show? Can Scully. It doesn't matter. It's Scully. <laughs> Yeah, her name on the show is Scully. <laughs> Jean. But she will always her be Her name is Jean. Okay. Jean, Jean Scully. What a fox. <laughs> Scully was a doctor in X-Files, and she's a doctor in this show, so. If you have a British accent, you can pull off being a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Jimbo, in the dangling threads of interest, you wrote, everyone knows who has a big penis in high school. Can you elaborate? <laughs> Everyone in my high school knew, man. It was it was open source knowledge, dude. Like who had the biggest penis? <laughs> People talk about it, man. Was it also equal knowledge who had the smallest penis? Probably not, because if you have a small penis, you're going to do whatever you can to make sure no one sees it. <laughs> no, because like, even the coaches, like even coaches would what? talk about it. dude. Yeah. What? I didn't oh go to God. very good high school. Dude, you did go you to a very should, good high school, James. You should arrest everyone Jesus. <laughs> so in what context were they like there goes there goes jack there goes big dick jack kind of like one of like one of the like one of my friends's nickname was horse and you don't get that nickname oh, unless you're hung like That's a horse ah do adults call him that i think so i don't know oh, I, you know like i can't recall but uh, i think all you... like cis men are just like hoping to just feel a dick one of or or he wasn't my teacher, but the uh, baseball coach and he was the weightlifting coach. Ew. He used to always talk about um one of the other staff one, one of the other fo- football coaches, Dick. Jesus. Yeah, so like what I'm like the just like actual I'm laughing fuck? really uncomfortably. This is not charming. I feel uh, like gross. your high school should be That's investigated. 
Yes, they probably should. And like I think hopefully a lot of these guys have moved on. But, because uh, I don't think this was like my high school. Okay, I will say this. And Mo, Mo and Jimbo, you might even remember this. Um, when we were all in villa- in Peace Corps training in our training village, um, there was a Fafoka rumor about the volunteer with the biggest dick and tr- um, was the witness. You're a liar. That's 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 nope. not the complete story. Oh, wait, was it Jimbo? Was it Jimbo? There is an adjective. It was not big, but yes. Why did you wait and invite a to your dick? I have no idea, dude. I don't know where she got that information is from. But if I would have known short? she was spreading she was, it, I, I would have. She was creeping. Were, were you like the character from Friends who wore shorts without underwear and you, she just caught a glimpse one day? <laughs> You know, I'm not known to be, wear underwear, that so that would must have been training, it. <laughs> like loose basketball shorts in like the hot African desert. They were, they were or with no underwear and lots of gold bonds. <laughs> All I know is names are not being named, but someone names are definitely wearing... being named. That's her name. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying who saw. I think we already implied it was me. Was this at the beginning? Because I didn't talk to anyone for yeah, like three weeks. So I was like, I'm not making friends. <laughs> I Mo, I thought you were the one that told me that. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. I knew How'd you find much. out about that, Drew? By the way, the adjective that has gone unnamed was glorious. I thought it was beautiful. But anyways, yeah, it wasn't big. <laughs> well, well, oh. well. Was that on your little shirt? Your checkbox shirt? <laughs> it was not. <laughs> Dang, this just became like a roast sesh. <laughs> yeah, you guys you guys roasted me so bad. <laughs> and glorious. I feel like such a loser. Was it glorious? Is that what you said? <laughs> I didn't I didn't out anybody. Okay, because the thing is you guys reacted poorly because all I said was the person who spread the Fafoka and then you guys just went with it. We knew what you were trying to do, Drew. <laughs> No, but you know what's messed up? <laughs> you thought all that's going to get cut? What? None of this is getting cut. Keeping this I didn't know she was telling people that. So, like, here <laughs> I am, like, everyone else is talking about me, you know, and I'm just, like, uh, completely oblivious to it. You know, that's... But what, how would she How would she know and what made her begin this The rumor? version of the story I heard was that was washing his clothes in a basia, uh... and as Mo mentioned... He liked to wear those swim yeah. shorts without any mesh netting or underwear. It just like peeked wow. out yeah, from the bottom makes... of your shorts. Ew. <laughs> my shorts probably got wet. No, my shorts got wet. That must have been it. My shorts got wet. <laughs> and if you ever had wet shorts, they get really like stuck to your leg where they could outline things. Uh, wow. Imagine, imagine what was a big family was talking about that night. She was looking awfully close. Yeah, she's a meat gay. There's probably binoculars or something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't see how she could. Did have some really weird things to say. Like, Liz, once or twice a week, no we would get shit. together as a 60-person group. No, but she would also say weird stuff in front of the whole group. Looks like we we dove into shop talk a little early. I know. It's like, this is definitely shop yeah, talk Yeah, should we just territory. wrap it up, guys, and just keep going with this? I like I like where this is going. <laughs> this, is for, this is for Shrek breath. <laughs> I know. Oh, he's going to love this. <laughs>
Uh, or do we have any other dangles? What's what's happening? Boobs on Netflix. We talked about that. Nah, let's let's yeah 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 we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> Dangled away. <laughs> this may not be end up being my favorite episode, but this is probably my favorite recording. Okay. <laughs> okay. Section four. That's where we're in. This is nonsense. This is the fun and nonsense part. No trivia tonight. Um, our intro, outro, ad music was all mixed by Jake Drew. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram. Join the Facebook group again. Search Petards. We're the only people out there. Um, if you would like to contact us about sponsoring the show or anything, that's doable. And if you haven't noticed by the music, the show's officially over. But if you might love us as much as we love us, we have been in shop talk for like the last nine minutes anyway. So If you haven't noticed, we stopped with the music like probably 50 episodes ago. Oh, we did? <laughs> I didn't notice. Well, hey guys, we're in the shop talk part where we talk about past experiences and inappropriate things more so than usual. Glorious penises. Yes. Yep. Wow. <laughs> yeah, whenever you guys are done talking about my penis, we you know, I got another thing to talk about. <laughs> Especially in Peace Corps when, you know, just having a penis in general already puts you, you know, head and shoulders <laughs> above uh. everyone. But for <laughs> to be spreading those kinds of rumors, I mean, you must have been fighting the girls off, Jimbo. I was a lot funnier, better looking and smarter than I'd ever been in my entire life. And I didn't know it was because of my penis. I thought so. You know, that was because of your mustache, dang. man. Your, yeah, your I thought penis it was power. <laughs> yeah. I just wish someone would have told me in training, you know, I could have made the best of my time. (laughs) So gross. Training was so gross. (laughs) We all had a really good time. We know we did. Glad Mrs. Nomalous is asleep or she might not be sleeping. So I might be getting in trouble now. But uh, yeah, it, it always gets interesting when you start talking about sex in the Peace Corps. I've gotten in trouble after sex talks a few times, so. We get we get shout we get shout out the fact that like in all of our med kits we had like expired Condom. marine condoms that were all like fatigue colored <laughs> and like have been recycled from Desert Storm Un- and they were all not believable. lubricated. Yeah, they like sent us out into the world of like thirty percent HIV rate with yep. with expired condoms. Yep. Way to go, Peace Corps! Setting you up for success. <laughs> oh man! One of my favorite ones was like. She was like a Peace Corps volunteer the year before us. Drew is just like name dropping right now. I know. Well, dude. no, she she went to a party, like a costume party, and she was like Captain Safe Sex, and so she stapled a bunch of condoms to her belt, and then apparently, like someone tried to like take one off, and this was like at a volunteer party, and she'd be like, "Don't take that one; it has holes in it." How do do people know how staples work? <laughs> no. Not drunk people. Okay. That's I mean, fair. you could have stapled the corner. Not you don't have to staple it through the middle. That's a waste of expired condoms. That was those <laughs> dumb ones that were all rolled up in the middle. I remember lifestyles were in our shitty med kits. Yeah, Jimbo, did you say you wanted to save something? So Friday night, I went to play basketball, and so I I'd uh, just gotten back from the gym. A friend asked me to play basketball, and so that you know sounds really fun so we decided because we were supposed to meet them for dinner anyway so after we ate dinner i went and played basketball and then of course the last play of the game severely twist my ankle i've been on crutches like the last three days oh no you did all the ricing 
Yeah, I, you know, I've been ricing it up. So it was. Did you go to the doctor? Do you think you should? Um, Do you think it'll get just better? Because you should check and see, make sure you didn't like, you know, break it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely not broken. There, it's hard to say maybe how damaged the the lig the ligaments are, but. It's really nothing a, a doctor can do. Charge me money, yeah. Sorry, Jimbo. Twisted ankles suck, but twisted ankles suck after you're 30. Yep. They suck We're all getting old, Jimbo. <laughs> oh, man, I got four old. more years to twist my ankle before it really fucking sucks. Mm. Twist it up, girl. Yeah. Because I... you don't heal as quick, I swear. <laughs> Something just like, you need to, I need to start. You should take collagen, Jimbo. I'm considering starting to eat meat. Just because I got just anything. If you don't, man. if you don't consume any animal, you take B12s though, right? You take vitamin B12. Uh, I mean, it might be supplemented. It's something I eat, but no, I don't take any you should supplements. Take B Everybody you should take B12. Should and you should do the dropper. Ironically, I just went to the doctor a little bit before that to get cleared for my for my new job, but uh, they only said I was deficient in in D. Everybody has a vitamin D deficiency. Who like Especially doesn't winter. live in California? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not in Florida or California, here I was in Florida. I had a vitamin D deficiency. Really? Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so How chronic everything? So I just I have I've had a vitamin D deficiency. I've had a vitamin C deficiency. I've had iron deficiency. I've had I don't know. Your micronutrients are just like not absorbing. <laughs> They're not absorbing. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Well, definitely. If you don't eat meat, Jimbo, or are you vegan? Like not even even eating eggs. You know, we get uh, sometimes we get eggs from farmers market or local people. So I do have some eggs in the fr in the fridge. Just take B twelve because you need that like to live, and it it could <laughs> like you really do. And if you're not eating, if you're not if you're eating vegan, like you you only can get B twelve from animals. So you can't like get it from other vegetables or things like that. And I the dropper I did not know about so. I learned the dropper action. from the chronic illness community because your body <laughs> absorbs the B12 better if you use the dropper and you like take liquid the liquid form, yeah. than if you're taking a pill. Anyway, but take collagen. I mean, whatever. You won't eat. It's not eating meat. Make your lips look great. <laughs> and your hair. No, it's good for your ligaments and your joints and everything. They get Botox for chronic migraines and I just kept making real housewife Seriously? jokes. Yeah. Oh my my neurologist was like. You got to stop with these gym here. Please don't make me stop. Where did, did you get it? Like, I didn't, a topical treatment for migraines? Botox, like the virus, because Botox is a virus, but like you get like 30 times more than what you would get to treat wrinkles, but you get it around the same areas, but basically it, it nerves because migraine is your brain basically going haywire. So it tines them so that. You don't get a migraine. It is approved for chronic migraines. And when she told me that, I literally looked at her like she was crazy. I was like, want me to get Botox? I'm 26. And she was like, not for that? She's like, not not your wrinkles? And I was like, yeah, I don't have any. Thanks. So, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> We're all getting old. Medical We're all story. getting old. <laughs> Mo, Mo, I had gout last week. It's real. What? I had gout last week. Gout? Yeah. What? What are you eating? Like Doritos? Well, so no. <laughs> and like Mo, Mo I Crisco? Doritos, like... happy, but <laughs> Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew and Doritos dipped in Crisco. 
No, it's internal meats. So the thing is, I had a brat and a half at my friend's Super Bowl party, even though the doctor had told me to avoid certain foods. And he was like, do you eat this? Like, a lot. And, like, the three things were alcohol. I don't eat a lot of alcohol. Or I don't drink a lot of alcohol. And then it was, like, shellfish. And I was like, I love that, but I don't eat that much. And then the last thing was, like, internal meats. So it was, like, sausages, brats, and, like, kidneys and livers. And I was like, I love brats. And I used to eat them so much. And as soon as I stopped eating, like, brats and stuff, my, like, foot pain went away. And then it was gone for, like, a really long time. But I was at my friend's Super Bowl party. And I was like, I can eat a brat. It's the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not even watching the game. I'm just chasing my kids around. Fucking, that was on Sunday. The next day, my foot hurt so much. And I was oh like, fuck. Oh, my God. Is it because there's nitrates in it? It's uric acid. Whatever causes, like, high concentrations of uric acid. And so... Oh my- if you already have high uric acid, they didn't even like diagnose me. They're sad. like, brats are brats are pretty good. They're really tasty. They're, They're really, really tasty. tasty. <laughs> That's crazy. So, but then the gout made your foot hurt. Yeah, like it. That's what it does. That's just what gout does. Oh, you're an old person, God. and all of a sudden you've gout. <laughs> and the kids at school are like, "Why are you limping, Mister?" And I'm like, "It's my gout." <laughs> Do you think Scully has ever had gout? I don't think so. Who? Scully. No, Scully never had gout. It's not a sexy person disease. Wait, there's a sexy person disease? I want that. Which one what's is that? Sexy Do person I have it? disease. What's what's the kissing disease? Mumps. Mono. 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 Mono is a sexy I do have disease. a high level of Epstein Barr in my system that will make so Epstein Barr? Is that That's the fancy that's... word for mono. Oh, okay. Hey. Ma, that's not the one. There's one that's like attached to a certain. Is that a virus? Mono, yeah. yeah. So it never goes away. It stays. Oh, I used to get mono like every time I went home because Ew. people would just be like, just be partying really hard, just sharing whatever. I don't I think you're every time I came get home, mono more than once. No, you can't. You can't. Oh, then I just get really sick. Then. I don't know. Oh, can you get? Can you get like a flare up? Maybe you can get a flare up, but you don't get a flare up from being around it again. Oh. You get a oh, flare really? up oh. when you're immune. <laughs> I did. I the doctors and teachers in Jimbo's hometown that sound terrible. Apparently, everybody in your hometown just had flare ups at the same time. It's probably from yeah, that I damn guess. football coach. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I feel like that football coach has something to do with this mono resistance. Oh my god! Well, maybe it's maybe it's just coincidental, but but I, I, I remember like every time I would come back come back to base from going home, I would just feel like crap for a few days. And then the one time I went to the went to the doctor, they're like, "Oh yeah, you have mono." And I was like, "Oh no wonder! I probably get it every time I go home because, like, we, you know, we just like have like kegs and and people would you know be smoking weed and passing around pipes and drinking off the same like you know. So I just assumed I was I was getting mono from people. Every of course, time. just gets around, man. That guy. You can only get mono once. Well, I coincidentally got but it. But you got the it the time one time. I, yeah. <laughs> but it was the same symptoms. Like every time I came home, I got all those same symptoms again. So I just felt I kept getting mono again. <laughs> the one case like you are you should be studied you're patient zero <laughs> patient zero for mono nice. i probably took it home yeah. <laughs> you gave it to everyone <laughs> nice 
Wow, we're learning so much. Yeah, always. All right, well, this um, this was good. Let's uh, yep. let's, let's call it a night. You know, I'm not sure how much more I can uh, <laughs> how much more reveal. content you got for us. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was some good content. Right. Thanks for telling us right. about your sprained ankle. Oh yeah. Yep. Every day we hoistlin Jimbo out. Every day we hoistlin Drew out. Every day we hoistlin Mo out. Every day we hoistlin. Have a good night, guys. Elizabeth out. <laughs>